to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. My point is, I went crazy. And I'm smart enough to admit it. Why can't you? By clinging to reality, you're denying the reality of the situation. I mean... Do you ever think about how many times we've come close to World War III over a flock of geese on a computer screen? Silly goose, it's all a joke. Everything anybody's ever valued or struggled for, it's monstrous. Why can't you see the funny side? Why aren't you laughing? Let me help you. You let your ego cloud your judgment. There is no sanity clause. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, or the animated adaptation of the seminal Alan Moore comic book, The Killing Joke, as we're doing tonight. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we are ready to hear, hear, hear. what we thought about yes. The Killing Joke. And we I'm are going also- to listen to the voices in my head and then... And we're also ready to rock, I think. I want to rock! And we don't have two little weird midgets in S&M gear. There was three. There was 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 three. three. There was two boys and a girl, so I found it hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, Life! Lots of creepiness in this uh, comic book uh, (laughs) slash animated movie. And we're going to get into all that. But we have a couple announcements right here, right up front. Uh, First of all, uh, we wanted to let you guys know that if you're in the Florida area... The, the whole Florida area. The Florida area. Specifically Tampa Bay. Specifically Tampa Bay. Next weekend, uh, on August 7th, we're going to be so live, coming to you live from Tampa Bay Comic Con. Uh, now, we, we have a live panel. Uh, it's Sunday, August 7th at 1130 a.m. in room 12 at the fabulous Tampa Convention Center. Woo-hoo! Tampa where, Convention Center. Where Tampa Bay Comic Con is taking place. And uh, it's going to be me and Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. And also, if you guys are familiar with Bobby, who calls in every week, uh, he's going to be there, too. Yay, Bobby! Because so, uh, originally he came to us, he was Bobby from Bradington. Bobby from Bradington. Which I guess is near Tampa. Apparently. Uh, near enough for him to come anyway. So Yay! it'll be a good time uh, next Sunday, August 7th, 1130 a.m., room 12 at the Tampa Bay Comic Con. And if you are not in the Tampa Bay area, we are going to attempt, make no promises, at this juncture to see mm-hmm. if we can possibly Facebook Live because we don't sure yeah. what access we'll have to other equipment, mm-hmm. but we've always got a cell phone. <laughs> so we're going to try and Facebook Live. Very true. All are part of the stream at least, or some of the back um, and we, stage. There's, there should be some way for me to record like a high quality version of the panel as well. Yes. And so, you know, it'll be coming out to you live over the podcast feed. If you watch on YouTube, it'll be, we'll be posting it on YouTube. Yes. Should be a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, Gotham trivia from Compliments the Gotham of Gothamatics. Yes. Thank you to them. And, uh, uh, then I, I believe the pro- program says we're going to be discussing season two and speculating about season three. We have yes. to come up with a firm plan for yeah. all that. Well, that but, sounded good when we applied like five months ago. <laughs> we were like, that sounds good. We'll do that. But also that day, uh, just FYI, we're going to go see the new Batman-related movie, Suicide Squad, with Bobby. And so next week... Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. EST, we're going to be back here talking Suicide Squad. So you get two special reviews two weeks in a row. Two, two, two specials in one. It's pretty pretty Not sweet. Really. Pretty sweet. Uh, so keep an eye on that. And if you go see Suicide Squad, please let us know what you yes. thought. Uh, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Oh, and by the way, if you want to keep an eye out for those live streams from Tampa Bay Comic Con, it's facebook.com slash groups. Slash Legends of Gotham. We're sort of sending the page the way of the dinosaur Mm -hmm. and embracing the group so that you actually see what we post. Grouping it up. Grouping it up, homies. And there's only like 30 of us in the group versus like 800, I Mm -hmm. think, on the page. So we'd like to see some crossover. You know what else we're doing? What? We're going to shoot you in the spine with a rhyming episode summary. That was awful. Awful. What happens after one bad day? Joker's convinced that your mind goes away. Can Batman solve his bad clown conundrum? He'd turn into someone he shouldn't become. Will Gordon crumple? He lives by the book. Will he maintain his lawful outlook? Will the Batman engage in the thrilling choke? Laughter is deadly. In the killing joke. <laughs>
<laughs> the killing joke, Amory. What'd you think? What'd you think, Amory? Oh, I'm sorry. I it's was okay. I was dead. Uh, and the joke which, by the way, me. We should probably preface any of your opinions with the fact that you've never read the comic book. I have never read which the book. People who listen to the show, they will know not this. Be surprised by they it. know that all Amory knows about Batman, she's learned from movies and the television show <laughs> Gotham. Um, Very true. I I am not as crazy about this as many other people are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know what specifically about it it was, mm-hmm. but something just – I was like, okay, okay, waking up, waking up, watching this for the show, watching this. So it just mm-hmm. – it wasn't – I don't know if it was over my head, which is highly possible <laughs> or I, – I don't know. It was. It's written for a specific person. Mm-hmm. It's written for fans of the Killing Joke comic book. Yeah. Mostly. Which you haven't read. Which I haven't read. Yeah, so... it's definitely a less than optimal adaptation of okay. the source material. Good to um, know. I, I mean, like, once you get into the Killing Joke part of it, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty accurate. But at the same time, I think a lot of what makes uh, the Killing Joke uh, the comic book is because you can picture a lot of how people sound in your head. There's a lot. The well, art, that's with any book. The artwork's a lot stronger too. Is it? Um, yeah. Uh, so, and the nice thing about a comic book when you're reading a comic book, you control the pacing. Mm-hmm. Where you know you might kind of ruminate on Batman saying this really profound line for a while, but when you're watching the thing, you are at the mercy of the director. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I like that was one of my complaints actually. Was some of the the scenes felt way too like peppy. Like there. Like Interesting, because I had scenes where I was like, they, there were scenes too that were a little bit of, a bit of a snooze fest, but there were also scenes where the 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 uh, cues were picked up so quick by the actors that you di- you didn't really get a sense to like live in the lines, and that yeah. that was a bit of a problem. Too. Okay, but uh, yeah, me overall, I I liked it after the first half hour, uh, but we'll talk about that later in great detail. Uh, but but um, <laughs> not I, in detail. yeah, and it might not be the criticism you're thinking. Because uh, I, I know there's a lot of people who are upset about one specific action involving a shirtless Batgirl. Uh, but we'll get we'll, – we're going to be discussing all this stuff. But, you know, I figured we'd start in the overarching thing. I, I thought we should talk first about the actual killing joke. The, the joke, actual joke. The joke at the end of the story. Uh, Help. Now, now, this joke uh, that the Joker tells is very symbolic and hints toward my favorite interpretation of the story. They, the nice thing about the story is there's – so many ways you can take it and so many interpretations and it's it's really good art that way mm-hmm. uh but i for, first i figured uh, i'd refresh your your mind on the joke uh and uh th- this is pretty much exactly from the comic he says pretty much he had it memorized he didn't have to look it up he just checked it there are like ums and he knew them verbatim Okay, so here's the joke. Uh, see, there were these two guys in a lunatic asylum, and one night one night they decided they don't like living in an asylum anymore. They decide they're going to escape. So, like, they get up on the roof, and there, just across the narrow gap, they see the rooftops of the town stretching away in the moonlight, moonlight stretching away to freedom. Uh, now, the first guy, he jumps right across with no problem. Uh, but his friend, his friend doesn't dare make the, daren't make the leap. Uh, you see, you see, he's afraid of falling. So then the first guy has an idea. He says, hey, I have my flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gra- gap between a- the buildings. Uh, you can walk along the beam and join me. Uh, but, but the second guy just shakes his head. He says, uh, he, he says, what do you think I am, crazy? You turn it off when I was halfway across. So this is the joke that makes the Batman laugh. Uh, which uh, is something you don't see very often. Oh, you don't. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, you know this. In you know, it kind of feels like if you don't understand what's going on here, it kind of you're like, what? What's going on? Yeah. Hi, uh, that's me. You're you're kind of confused at the ending. Like, uh, if nothing else, you maybe feel like Batman and the Joker kind of came together in this one moment, and that was that. But I, I, there's a lot more going on here, and it all ties into this joke. Okay. Okay. Now uh, there are two characters in the joke. There are two characters in the scene. Mm-hmm. Batman and the Joker are each a person in the joke. Batman, I got that. Mm-hmm. Batman is the man with the flashlight shooting a flight. At least this is my interpretation. I've, I've read a few different interpretations of it too. 
Uh, but Batman's the man with the flashlight, shooting a flashlight across the gap uh, to help the Joker back to sanity, to cross over, to freedom. You know, uh, what Batman doesn't realize is that he's crazy, too. Just like in the joke, you know, the guy... Mm-hmm. They're both this- escaping the asylum. Exactly. And any help he could give the Joker wouldn't really be any help at all. Uh, the Joker can't walk on a flashlight beam. And uh, the Joker realizes this, too, and understands any attempt to cross will only harm him in the long run, mm-hmm. uh, turning him maybe into a different kind of crazy or destroying him entirely. Uh, now, I... I'm having a moment. You're having a moment? I'm having a moment. Walking along the light beam? I was assuming there was like an actual beam. No, no. It was like a flashlight beam. (laughs) I thought he was lighting up the actual beam. See, we're helping. We're helping. But I, I, they, I'm an idiot. They, they both uh, – well, obviously the Joker understands it intimately because he has – well, he has a, what Grant Morrison calls that hypersanity. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, you know, they both understand the joke at the end of it. That's why Batman laughs. That's why they both laugh and why – in by my opinion, I, my interpretation of the story – and I, I mean to be fair, a lot of other people have floated this interpretation too – Batman decides it's the only solution, and the one that he mentions and kind of foreshadows constantly throughout the story mm-hmm. is that he has to kill the Joker once and for all to bring an end to his reign of terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why he brings his hands to the Joker's neck while they're laughing, and then we pan away. Or in the comic book, uh, the next panels are you know down on the ground, uh, so you can't see. And then the Joker stops laughing right before we cut, fade to black. So... I, I I feel that the what happens there is Batman realizes the truth of this joke uh, that the Joker uh, tells to him and realizes the only way he's going to end this once and for all is to kill the Joker. So they both share a laugh and then the Batman takes his life. I, and and th- that's my interpretation. And uh, Bobby over in the chat room at live.universebox.com says he thinks I had a very good interpretation, too. So. I didn't catch most of that <laughs> while watching it twice. Does it make you appreciate the story anymore to hear that? Uh, probably a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Because to me, there was mm-hmm. no end. <laughs> Yeah, it, it yeah. just sort of stops. It, it ca- just kind of hangs there if you don't if you don't look at it in this. But I didn't know way. to look for it. Yeah, so you know they have, maybe they should have lingered actually a little more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean that was actually uh, when I originally read the story back oh many 15, ago. 16 years ago. Uh, that was my initial thing too. I was just like, oh, they understand each other for a moment and then it's done. Mm-hmm. But then in consecutive rereadings of it and stuff, you, you come to realize, no, this is – I mean it's mentioned so many times throughout the story that right. I'm going to kill you or you're going to kill me. This is the way it has to end unless you let me help you. And this scene, the Joker refuses Batman's help and gives him a very rational explanation why it wouldn't matter if, even if he did accept the help. Mm-hmm. And so Batman's left with no choice but to kill the Joker. Now, I, I, mm-hmm. I know you know in the overarching continuity of DC comic books and everything, this story is in continuity because we got oracle back uh, barbara mm-hmm. gordon's or- oracle character out of the story but it was intended uh, originally by by the original artist alan moore uh to be a one-off a one-off story and i feel that it was because he a couple years prior he wrote a story called uh, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow mm-hmm. which was supposed to be the final story of the silver age superman uh and you know tied up all the loose ends and all of his because there were a lot of like subplots and ABC list characters and that whole mythos. And it tied up the entire mythos in a great big bow. And then the next big thing he wrote for DC Comics. Was I, well, it might have been Watchmen, but then this. Hmm. Uh, so I think this was his attempt to tell the final Joker Batman story. To, the conclusion of their battle. Interesting. Uh, so, so that's uh, what the killing joke means to me. Okay, I kind of feel like I should put one of my points up here instead of where I did. That's fine, as long as you can keep track of it. That's fine. Hold on, where were you? Where were you, little point? <laughs> nope, close. One second. Beep, 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 Nope, nope. But yeah, such a good story, though. Sorry. Like, I really um, Okay, story. here it was. Okay. See, it's because the bolding thing started doing good. Okay. So did the Joker want to be caught and did Batman really want to catch him? They were both putting up an okay fight, but then I really feel like they just wanted to sit in a therapy session together and work out all their baggage. Batman went in wanting to talk things out before resorting to murder and Joker brought a prop gun to a fight. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I expected a bigger boom at the end of this story because it's the story. Mm -hmm. That was my little... 
Yeah, well, thing. I, I definitely feel like both characters realize that. Uh, oh, wait, like they they can realize that that's how it has to end. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but it didn't feel like either of them were actually working towards that at that point. At that point, it just mm-hmm. seemed like it, like literally they like just needed a person to tell them to lay on a couch and talk it out. Yeah, well, it it, it definitely kind of builds to this cultivation of that, and, and like Barbara Gordon says, you know, he's taking it to the limit this time. Right. And in a lot of ways, I mean, you see Batman in his pursuit of the Joker is very unlike a Batman we normally see pursuing the Joker in that, you know, he's taking it to the limit too. He's stopping at nothing. He's, he's, you know, he's leaning on criminals that he has like a good like relationship with is, or as good as Batman can have with a criminal is like an informant or whatever. And he's just like wrecking stuff to yeah. try and get to the Joker this time. Cause it has to stop. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I feel like they're both building towards something. And, like, like I said, you know, my original interpretation was that they were building to just a moment where they understood each other. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, the, the, the older I've gotten, uh, they, the more I, f- I feel like uh, they both realize this is their final shot. That's why Joker presses – his thing is not to defeat the Batman. His thing is to defeat the idea of the Batman and what the Batman stands for. And because Batman – in. It, and it's very the core of his being. He's a, he's a character who feels like the world can be saved and the world can be good. It, they ju- it just needs someone to help get it there. Right. And the Joker wants to prove to Batman the other that, way around. That yeah, that it's not nothing's inherently good. Nothing is inherently evil. The only thing that separates uh, one bad day is one bad day. Uh, let's see. Over here, Bobby in the chat room says, I didn't feel like it was quite as ambiguous in the movie. If they had meant for the Joker to be killed in the movie, I feel like there would have been a sound of something snapping or cracking, not mm-hmm. just silence. Uh, and he says, I like the ambiguous ending of the book. Uh, very true. Like, I, I think uh, – I, I don't think there was – very much ambiguity in the movie because Batman continues laughing for several seconds after the Joker stops. And, but I didn't notice that, which yeah. means he, I'm guessing the way that Bobby's saying, he may not have noticed that either, though he's much better at this stuff than I am. <laughs> um, you know, it mm-hmm. just it wasn't obvious enough for me. Yeah, and I, I if I'm, that's the ending they were going for. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly how it plays out in the book, but basically it does. Would the you same like me kind to pull of, it off the shelf? It, it does the same kind of panning down thing, and uh, it 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 uh, ha- has the laughing sound effects, and then you see the police lights show up, and then there's just like a couple panels of silence. So uh, I, I actually I, I mean if, depending on how you read the book you could interpret that Batman and Joker just killed each other in that moment yeah you know too but I, but I, I I think you know Joker killed bats probably Joker killed bats or sorry bats killed Joker bats I was like that's Joker. literally the opposite of everything you've been building towards okay what I'm saying is that Batgirl <laughs> kills Commissioner Gordon in this movie no. well that's <laughs> quite the twist. Uh, okay, okay uh, he noticed. Okay, see, I knew Bobby would notice. Emery uh, doesn't notice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bobby in the chat room says that he did notice. He stopped laughing. Okay, uh, well, you wanted to talk a little bit too, and we can go ahead. We're going to sort of grow back into that. Okay. Well, well, my my point was rather long too. You wanted to talk a little bit about the Joker origin story, right? Okay. I love a good origin story, and I enjoyed that this one combines a variety of stories that I'm familiar with through Gotham and while talking to this guy. Mm-hmm. So. So we had the Red Hood Gang, which I kind of enjoyed because I was like, <laughs> I know this one. I know this one. Very familiar kind fans of, of Gotham. Kind of. Um, I liked the way that it was presented um, to the man who would become the Joker as protecting the key person on that job because they were the only one whose life mattered out of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, does the fact that their original target was a card factory impact the fact that he becomes sort of a Joker, like a playing card, mm-hmm. Joker, any sort of um the hood itself, however, was ridiculous. Yes, very. It's like much a so. cone with like. A, well, a my, thing. my my interpretation, and I think this is. Yeah, I, I don't think that, this isn't really my interpretation. This is just you know kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Is that that the hood is crappy yeah. by design, and the costume is garish by design. It's it's to give the police someone to follow incompetent to focus on incompetent but memorable to focus on while the real criminals right. do what they got to do, which completely makes sense. Yeah. Um, the vat, vat of chemicals, 
This always made sense to me because of the discolorations of his skin and his hair. Something mm. physical obviously had to happen. However, I didn't think he'd get sucked all the way through <laughs> like a tube. Um, so that made sense in my world. Yeah, because you know a version of this story from the Batman movie with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. Yes. Yeah, because we watched that last summer. We, we did with yeah. Jared Joseph. I just have to remember. Um, disgruntled slash failed comedian. This explains all of his mannerisms and his behaviors. The perfect persona for a villain because – it's hard when somebody's telling a joke for you to be scared of them, unless mm-hmm. it's a really good joke. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I like where Gotham's going with the origin story of the Joker better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Gotham could totally be. It veering. could go down a lot of this route, but we already yeah. have. But we couldn't because this is a good guy. Not a good guy, mm-hmm. but he's not full on evil yet. Yeah. Whereas in Gotham, he's full on evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but we, we just have to be- go that extra. We could still be ve- – because, I mean, we don't know what story Hugo Strange might have given him either. Maybe – We don't know if he accepted a story just like um, – What's-her-face? Fish Mooney didn't accept a story. That's She just got a power. Yeah. And all the – you know, maybe all that Hugo Strange did to him is the discoloration, though he was mm-hmm. very pale to begin with. <laughs> so, you know, it could already – that could be what he pulls from that. Yeah, I could – you know, if Jerome goes full Joker, though, I could totally see this being the origin, you know, him getting knocked into a vat of chemicals while on a heist with the Red Hook gang. Like, I could totally see that happening. I, 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 I could actually – I could definitely see this version of the Red Hood gang growing out of the version that was on the show. OK. That I'm OK with. That I can see. Where I it's some, some semi-confident criminals getting a patsy to wear a Red Hood kind of I thing. could see that, but I don't see it being Jerome. Mm-hmm. I could see him maybe being a behind-the-scenes orchestrator, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be mm-hmm. heavily involved. I, I, Bobby says in the chat room, he was a good guy at first, I thought. I, he was. The until comedian? The, yeah. The comedian the, in this, this story, yeah. Yeah, until the point that he accepted to do a hit to make his mm-hmm. family some cash. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a couple thoughts on that. We'll save I them for too. a little later. Yay. But uh, I, I wanted to touch, uh, as long as we're talking about the origin, yep. uh, about the, the Joker's multiple choice past. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people use this line to justify the fact that the Joker doesn't and shouldn't have a real origin. Okay. Uh, but, but I interpret the line completely differently. Uh, now, the quote is uh, something like that. Something like that happened to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not exactly sure what it was. Sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice. Now, a lot of people are saying that that means that the story, as it happens in this comic book, might be an entire, a completely, you know, Wrong. cut cut from cloth work of fiction. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't interpret it that way. I I take it to mean that while the details might have went a little differently, maybe maybe he was involved in the death of his wife. Uh, or and maybe that's what led him there. Or maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the guy, the gangsters really weren't out to get him and the Red Hook gang was his thing or something. Okay. Like I, I get the impression that, that this is basically what happened. Uh, but some of the details get kind of fuzzy when he thinks about it just because it was a very traumatic experience for Understood. For, for Mr. J. Mr. J. Uh, but, you, you know, so I, I think that that's all it is, is that he, uh, depending on how he wants to interpret those events, uh, mm-hmm. the story can change. But these are the basic set of events that happened. I mean, it's kind of like. You know, every time you see the Wayne's gun down and the bat flying through the study window and everything like that, it's a little different. It, it, and really, it ties back to the creator. But I mean, a lot of times when it's Bruce flashing back, he remembers it a little differently. Yeah. Or he remembers different details. And that's pretty Always common. Always the pearls, though. Always the pearls. That's pretty common with a traumatic experience like that. Yeah. So, I, I I feel you know uh, I, I I feel that uh you know th- this is the definitive Joker origin story like okay. I, I, and not to mention the fact that this is also the origin story he was given back in the fifties back in the Silver Age right and this is basically an adaptation or the, this the flashback part of it mm-hmm. is basically an adaptation of that original story from back in the forties fifties sixties they did it a few times uh, but of course because who doesn't love reliving an yeah, although I, th- I think maybe the one addition that isn't pretty much like how that story went down is that I don't I don't remember him having a dead wife in that original story. I could be wrong, though. That makes sense, though. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I remember it just being he was just a hood 
who Batman knocked into a vat of chemicals and, you know, he became the Joker. Okay. But he could have had that tragic element. But then again, with the way the comic code and stuff was back then, it doesn't seem likely. Gotcha. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think it weakens the character, though, overall, mm-hmm. to have a definitive origin. I, I kind of – and I mean especially this version of the origin I think makes so much sense mm-hmm. and it makes him a great foil – for the Batman, uh, mm-hmm. even down to their origin, that yes. they both have have a similar origin, and they both went two very weird, different ways with it. I have things on that. Okay, I have things on that. Okay, so I love that I finally completely understand the one bad day because mm-hmm. obviously I've already known Batman's one bad day. I had no idea for realsies what the Joker's one bad day was, so this gave me some clarity with that. Mm-hmm. Um, However, I don't believe that they had an equal bad day because Mm -hmm. their circumstances were different. The Joker was already choosing to go down the way of evil by choosing to get involved with those dudes, the Mm -hmm. Red Hood guys, excuse me, for a heist. So he was already headed down the path. He was living in extreme poverty and his family was taken by accident, not by violence or aggression. Mm -hmm. Batman, on the other way, chooses the side of the good. He was still a child when his bad day happened, so he was still innocent. He still had that, you know, the fuzz of innocence. He was living the lap of luxury, mm-hmm. and his family was taken through violence. So both of them basically push against what they were dealt. Mm-hmm. And they, like, so matter of circumstance, Joker's family is gone, and he's like, Rah basically and batman's is taken by that so he pushes to try and redeem Mm -hmm. or to work against the evil that ruined his life whereas the joker chooses to embrace it because he has nothing else yeah yeah. batman he's tucked into bed by alfred every night so he's good so Mm -hmm. i think the differences are what truly made the difference for them while they each did only have that one bad day which completely turned them one way or the other i don't believe it was an equal bad day to where they had to make the decision to be good or to be bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that. And I, I definitely think, uh, you know, the Joker's advanced age when he had his bad day. Makes a difference. Pro- yeah, probably didn't help because, I mean, Batman was still young enough to where he had he – ha- he had to develop the, the strength and the power to do what he wanted to do, and he had a lot of time to think about it. And like you said, you know, yeah, he, he still had sort of the innocence of a child and right. that sense of justice where the Joker had just been dealt a bad deal after bad deal after bad deal. Mm-hmm. I, I also think it's interesting that you bring up that, you know, his wife was said uh, – and Bobby says well said in the chat room. Thank you, sir. Uh, but it, that his wife was taken – uh, via an accident. Well, that's um, all we know. We're that's all we're told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm just saying. Like, I, I think it's interesting that you, you know, well, Batman's parents. I obviously, uh, you know, it wasn't planned for them to die. It, they very much had an accidental, sudden death too, and then the Joker's wife did, and then we see another one of the act like that that's sudden, that's random, that's unexpected, and that doesn't conform to any sort of a. Uh, dramatic reasoning uh in the in the shooting of barbara gordon which i'm sure we'll talk about in detail later but but uh you know it's kind of like joker thinks he's he's figured out the formula to make a madman and uh you know he so he decides to visit that sort of random indistinct violence without any poetry to it uh Mm -hmm. you know this wasn't a thing about vengeance or you know even something that had some sort of motivation like he was trying to steal something from them or something like that. It was just she opened the door, boom, done. Uh, so so I, th- I think it's interesting to see those parallels there uh, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. It's a good story. I love this story. I know you do. I love this story. Uh, but you know what else I love, Anne-Marie? What? Our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Why don't you tell people about our Patreon? Uh, over at patreon.com slash universebox, um, you can help take care of us on our podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a way that you can do a monthly donation starting at $0.10 cents to help support all of our podcasts. Legends of Gotham, We're So Lost, the occasional Universe Box special, Bill's Books, my website, all sorts of craziness over there. Mm-hmm. Um, for just as low as $0.10 cents a month, you can help support us, up our equipment up our hosting 
do fun little things, uh, patron hangouts, which we're going to be scheduling our August one sooner rather than later. Very sooner. Um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And right Ooh. now in like, it, it fell down a little bit, although we I see that <laughs> yeah, we, we got our full payment this month. So I, I feel like it's somebody just, withdrawal after. No, I feel like it's just because I don't have any notifications for it either. I check it uh, right around the time. Mm-hmm. It, so I, I think it's just taking a while to catch up, but right now it says we have 24 patrons giving us $109 a month. That should be like 27 patrons giving us about 120 some bucks a month. Dude, at some point we were at like 300. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can be one of the – you can help us get back up to Help 300. us get up there. Yeah, and you don't we have can to do chip some in cool- much. Ten cents, a buck, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera, Who doesn't have a dollar a month? Okay, put away the Starbucks <laughs> once this month. Send us three fifty. You're done. That's sweet. all you need. That's That'd all we need. Buy me a Starbucks. <laughs> if you want to buy a Starbucks, go to patreon.com slash universe box. Again, that's patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Okay, I guess we should get back to the main yes. discussion here again real quick. Um, let's see here. Or, you know, come out to t- Tampa Bay Comic Con and yes. buy us a, a coffee. Buy us a cocktail. Yeah. Co- a buy co- us a cocktail. A coffee cocktail. Ooh. Like an Irish coffee with Baileys. Ooh. That'd be good. Okay. So I have some questions about the... You the, always have questions. I'm just asking questions mm-hmm. about the comedian Joker. Uh, first of all, uh, how long do you think the Joker and his wife have been together? It, it didn't, doesn't seem like long since he's struggling to make something of himself. Uh, I, and her biggest reason for loving him is because he's good in the sack. I, I, I read it as sort of a quick romance where she got knocked up and... Things went south really quick. Really? Do, do you agree with that? No, or? I don't. You don't? Uh, I must not have. I mean, I think she was just trying to make light of his stress. Mm-hmm. She was trying to comfort him by yeah. saying things like that. She looked at him with true love and adoring. Mm-hmm. Like she she didn't care that they were that poor. Yeah. She didn't care that he was failing at his dreams. She was. I think she was just happy he was doing his dreams. Mm. She's like, I'll talk to the lady. She'll let us slide a little longer. She likes me. She feels bad for me because she doesn't like him. But that's irrelevant because it works to their favor in that way. Mm. I completely thought she was like – like for all I know, they've been together for years, um, maybe off and on or something. Yeah. Childhood friends who grew up and got married, something mm. like that. See, I, I, I think maybe another part of the reason I sort of thought this about them is mm-hmm. just because he's so paranoid about losing her. It, it, it just felt to me like he wasn't very confident in the relationship as it stood. And I mean, obviously, things weren't going great for them. They were living no. in the slums. They had a baby on the way. His comedy career wasn't going well. But at the same time, it, it felt like like he wasn't he wasn't prepared to depend on her. You know, and, and I think that's kind of what led him down the criminal path, too, is just he he didn't think he could keep her unless he was successful in something, got her out of there. And he didn't – I don't think he necessarily believed her when she said, you know, that it didn't matter to her. Interesting. But Because I think – I'm guessing that she just came from a more well-to-do family mm-hmm. or something like that. And she probably got shunned from her people for getting married to him and all yeah. of that. Which mm-hmm. makes him have to feel like he has to work twice as hard, even though she chose him and the life that they have together. We took this is a very male's perspective, female's perspective. I think on I'm seeing the happy and the love, and you're like, nah, no, just I, got knocked up. No, I'm just <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying saying like, uh, and I don't think it's like it's like a male or a female thing. Like uh, I, I just uh, it's two different perspectives on the same situation. Okay. Like I, I'm I'm saying. I, I feel like that's where the Joker's coming from. And yeah, I, I agree with you that his wife is coming from a place of honesty and love and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I just don't think he has enough faith in it, which makes me he think. He doesn't have faith in himself, is what it is. He yeah. doesn't have, it's not that he doesn't have faith in her, he doesn't have enough faith in himself to believe what she says. Yeah. You, you know, what's kind of weird about this, though, is that, you know, in, in the. The beginning part that they tacked on that we'll talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> you like you, how we keep pushing You know, you have aside. cell phones and iPads and this, that, and the other. And then this flashback, I, as it does in the original comic book, feels like it's set in the 40s or something. Yeah. And uh, so it just kind of like – it's. well, I mean, I guess that's very much like Gotham too. It's kind of an, an You have no idea when it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I interpreted it that the two criminals who hired the Joker to be the Red Hood – also killed his wife. Like I think they're the ones responsible. It's mm. for for one. It's described as a million to one shot accident, 
And I, I I feel like they did it because they wanted to make sure that the Joker didn't have a reason to back out. They they felt like if he had a wife at home, even though he had already given her the excuse, he wouldn't be able to go through with it because, you know, she would confront him on it or something hmm. like that. And they were just like, okay, well, we're going to kill him anyway. Why not kill his wife now to make sure he shows up and puts on the red hood? Hmm. Which, which uh, I didn't catch any of that. Which is kind of counter to your, your point saying that, you know, it was just – it was a complete accident. Well, but, that's all the information we're given. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just, that, that was just sort of my interpretation of it and they were – although I, I guess you could make the case that, you know, they were a little like eh, – when the cops showed up, they yeah. were going for their gun and stuff just in case. But uh, at the same time, like I, I feel like – that's something completely within these guys' characters. Oh, it to is do. completely within their characters. It's just not, I didn't mm-hmm. catch that. And if nothing else, it would just make it even more tragic that if he wasn't trying to make things better, that his wife would have lived. You right. know, and and you know, I can also imagine if he realized that after the fact that mm-hmm. that that would have made him that much that much more crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I also – I never picked up that uh, on the fact in the original comic and it said pretty explicitly in both I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that the Joker used to be a lab assistant. Uh, now, now that makes a lot of sense because maybe that's where he picks up the skills he needed to make his Joker venom in most versions of the story because mm-hmm. he seems to have – an unlimited supply of this magical smiling chemical stuff. And it makes sense that he would have, if he was a lab assistant, particularly in that plant uh, where the chemical who that turned him into the Joker was stored, oh. that he would have had the exact expertise needed to make, to that. make the stuff that makes people go like this. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I, I never really understood that. Yeah. We, we made a cheesy smile. Yeah. Congratulations for figuring it out. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see here. I, we already discussed. This we did that here, one already. Sorry. Yes. Okay, I, I want to talk a little oh. bit too, uh-huh. just, just briefly about the Joker's song. I, you know, he has this big uh, number. Um, what is it? I go, I go loony. I go loony. I and it's uh, it was okay. Like I thought, Mark Hamill did a fine job with mm-hmm. it, but it was all a little normal sounding to me. Maybe a little macabre, but I, uh, you know, it was pretty normal overall. When I was reading the comic book, I always pictured or heard something in my head that was much darker and trippy. Uh, maybe with the intensity of Pink Floyd, but without the melody. Okay. Uh, just a, a song that would literally drive you mad to hear it. Okay. And But this was a show tune. This yeah. was a straight-up show tune. It was still absurd. It, it was uh, you know a little mind-bending and everything. But overall, I was a little disappointed in it. I thought mm-hmm. they could have done it. They, they, I don't know. They should have hired like the guys from Tool or something to write it. I'm sure they would have. Like, I'm sure. So many like hard rock musicians. Love and, Batman and yeah, Joker. Yeah, love Batman and particularly this story. So I'm sure they could have got – Anybody. I, I don't know, Danzig or some, some crazy whacked-out, wackadoo rock star. <laughs> ICP. <laughs> ICP, ICP, dude, ICP. That's like perfect. They yeah. should have been his backup. <laughs> they should have been the little midgets. They should have been scary midgets. Oh no! You think people were upset about this story being off of interpretation from the actual comic book? Now, no. wait until you throw ICP in the mix. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was a little disappointed. I mean, it was a fine job. I'll, I'll probably listen to the song again. I'm but sure. It just wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and something that nobody expected. Batgirl. How much Batgirl was in this story? Because uh, Batgirl actually never appears in the original comic book. Barbara Gordon does. Batgirl uh, never does. Oh. Okay. Because yeah. at this point in the comics, I believe she had already quit. She had been stopped being Batgirl like years before, and she was. Oh. I, I think she was a senator at this point in, oh. in, in the comic book story. Obviously. Okay. Well, that could or she was studying a lot of to stuff. be or something. Yeah. But. So she wasn't just a librarian with a very gay well, friend. That was her. That was her original. Well, not with the gay friend because uh, it was the eighties. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, mm-hmm, what you would call it? Like I, no, she was a librarian for a lot of. But then they kind of moved her on to be a senator and stuff like Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay, so I get why they felt the need to include this story in the movie. I get that kind of makes sense they're trying but it could have been shorter Mm -hmm. all they're doing is establishing the relationship between batman and barbara gordon excuse me and that could have been done in a five to ten minute sequence Mm -hmm. we didn't need the whole big long drawn out story um i feel like it was it would have been almost more worthwhile to have a scene or two to establish the relationship between with batman and commissioner gordon we all know it's there but you don't Mm -hmm. get the visualization of it yeah just like you know that i mean batman and barbara gordon batman and batgirl they 
they have a relationship. Why wouldn't – if you felt the need to make the connection between Batgirl and Barbara Gordon, you could have done a scene mm-hmm. of that. But you didn't need 25-minute long story with Paris France. <laughs> um, so it was weird. However, maybe they were just padding it out so it could be a movie. <laughs> And more worthwhile, more worthwhile for the short release in theaters. Yeah, that I, was part of my thought on it. I, I, I definitely, I don't feel like in the context of the original story, yeah. or, or even in this version of the story, because it's a pretty, it's a pretty accurate adaptation. Yeah, uh, that it even matters that she's Batgirl. I mean, it adds no. an extra layer of tragedy to it. It does. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> that it's no, Batgirl, and, you, you know, know. And they didn't even need to have. have her, I mean, they could have had a relationship between Bruce and Barbara Gordon. It mm-hmm. didn't have to be Batman and Batgirl. Yeah, we didn't have to make the the long jump. We could have made a short one there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it could have been you know Batman showing up. It could have been it, a they, relationship. even with the phone call. A friend asked me to do something. Yes, that friend. That was almost enough. Yeah. That would have been enough. It could have been a relationship between Bullock and Batman. And then, you know, Bullock comes over because he's – Bullock's over there at the commissioner's like dealing with the some issue, issues and, you know, then the Joker gets him. And yeah. And Batman mourns the loss of Bullock who he had a very special relationship with. <laughs> okay, okay. We're just going to walk away from that yeah, now. Yeah, we'll walk away from that. Uh, Back up Sorry, slowly. that's my, my own fan fiction. Slowly. My own fan fiction growing up <gasps> no. here. Uh, okay, but uh, okay, I, I obviously I wanted to talk a little bit about a page worth of notes about this too. Oh my uh, the, gosh, the whole, you, really, you really, yeah, uh, the whole. Background I'm just gonna sit here and drink. Story. No, feel free to jump in and jump all over me. By the way, Bobby in the chat room says he originally pictured the Joker song like a Looney Tunes song. Which I okay, see. so it was definitely more up uh, what Bobby was thinking. Than yeah, you. definitely. Okay, so it, you know, it was it, it was an okay story. <laughs> But this story that they tacked onto the beginning of it, written by Brian Azzarello, who is actually one of my favorite comic book writers. Mm-hmm. I think he wrote probably my favorite Lex Luthor story besides Elliot S. Magan, like ever. Oh, here we go. Uh, but, but uh, you know, the, this addition to the story was completely unnecessary to the story of The Killing Joke. It, it was obviously added, I feel, to placate some common and I'd say personally unjustified criticisms about barbara gordon's treatment in the original comic book okay i first one thing that kind of leads me to believe this there's a lot of kind of dog whistles uh to common criticisms uh throughout the thing because yeah exactly i know but but, you know a a lot you know the term fridged gets thrown around and this that and the other I, I, the villain is this thinly painted typical man that would be more at home in a seventies action drama than a modern film. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like, uh, it, well, I mean, obviously there's a lot of badass background action, like a, a big chunk of the story, probably 15 minutes of the story is just fight sequences. Yeah. Which is uh, a lot. Yeah. And, uh, then, you know, uh, Batman, uh, says something about Paris France objectifying Batgirl, mm-hmm. uh, which, it, which is another common criticism f- to the original story. And then even like going back to that whole sort of character thing with Paris France, he asked her if that's that time of the month or whatever. And it, it just felt like. We we need to give Batgirl this stereotypical man to beat down for half an hour before we get into the story so people won't weigh these same criticisms against our movie that they did against the original story. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it was kind of pandering. And I, I feel like probably both crowds, the people who are fine with the original story and the way it played out, and the, the people who are critical of it, mm-hmm. I, I feel like both probably left this a little unsatisfied. Like, I, I don't feel – I feel like they did it to please everybody and they please nobody. Yeah, they really it. please nobody <laughs> yeah. with us. But, uh, you know, and uh, I, I, I just – you know, back to that criticism, that original criticism to the story. Mm-hmm. My big problem with it is that, you know, people say that she got the short shrift in the original story. But that's kind of the point of the original story. The shooting is, as I said earlier, uh, this random act of violence. Uh, now, it's shocking to the viewer because it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a shocking moment. It's supposed to hit us in the gut like Barbara gets hit in the gut with a bullet. She didn't yeah. like, get in the gut. She got, mm. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's it's supposed to affect us. We're supposed to have negative emotion towards it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I, I, one of the reasons it's shocking is because after years running around as Batgirl facing right. off against all these villains – 
she gets Scott hanging out at home with dad, like having some tea and working on his his supervillain super super scrapbooks and everything. I want a supervillain yeah. scrapbook. You know, just the way it goes down in the context. I, I, I mean, obviously, if you didn't have the context of her being Batgirl, it might lose a little bit, but I don't think it Not lose much. that much. It just makes the Joker even scarier that any moment this evil clown could show up at your door in, in a Hawaiian shirt and, you know, cripple you. Uh, and, you know, yes, it's a means to affect the main character. Another common complaint is that you know, she was fridged, a.k.a. Uh, she was killed to motivate the main character, and that's bad because reasons. Uh, but, you, you know, it, it's – yes, that's exactly what happened. You know, she gets she gets shot to affect both the actions and the motivations of Batman, who's the main character of the story, mm-hmm. and Commissioner Gordon, who's a secondary main character and sort of – a, a catalyst the star for, of the show. Well, a catalyst for Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman's you know changing throughout the story, but but uh, and he's also kind of a secondary character too, who gets a lot of the short shrift uh, in service of Batman's story. Uh, you know, secondary characters are there to affect the main character in the plot. That's their entire purpose in the story. Mm-hmm. Or otherwise, this would just be Batman and Joker, you know, on stage by themselves for an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. an hour or whatever. Uh, you know that's how stories work, kind of, and I, I, I think I think it's short sighted to say that a, a se- killing off a secondary char- character Sorry. or harming a secondary character in order to provide progression to the main character story or, or to the overall plot of the story. I, I, I just think that's kind of missing the point of how stories work and how they. <laughs> you don't understand how the stories work and, and how they affect us emotionally as readers and viewers and everything mm-hmm. like that. I, I mean, they're 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 designed to work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, all that being said, though, I thought as a standalone story, the original, the first half hour or so, I, I thought it held together pretty well. It was actually, I, I feel like it was a pretty decent pilot. For if they did a adult-oriented uh, Batman the Animated Series reboot, not just adult-oriented in terms of like you know blood and, blood curse. and curse words and sex, but in themes too. Because okay, so this is one of the big controversial part parts of the entire thing is that you know Batman and Batgirl sleep together. I, I love, we're just glaze over that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I loved the whole one night stand thing between them. Both characters, I felt, acted in character, especially mm-hmm. Batman with this awkward avoidance after the mm-hmm. fact. And, uh, you know, the, these two are superheroes. But by showing them doing, doing this, uh, you're allowing them not only to be superheroes but to be humans and to make mistakes and have those consequences carry over and, mm-hmm. and not just waving them away. And they have to deal with the awkward reality of the fact that they've had this very professional uh, yoga relationship yoga uh, for so long and they they went past that and they now they it. can't go back and they can't really go forward either just because of the nature of who they are as people mm-hmm. you know and i thought i thought it was really interesting really human really complicated really cool mm-hmm. to see that uh, you know, I, I just what, – what did you think of that overall? Because you don't have a lot of attachment one way or the other. Right? I really don't. Um, I'm not sure. I just – I mean it kind of makes sense because working so closely together, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that happens. Yeah. But she was harping out a lot more in her head than he was to the best of our knowledge mm-hmm. because – Well, you never know with Batman. You never know with Batman. But he, he is a known ladies man though. That was what yeah, I was going to say. Is Bruce, Bruce gets around. He, he knows – he can – whoever he wants Mm -hmm. so i think that was a conscious decision on his part even to go along with it but excuse me he may have been more into it because she flipped him yeah she completely took him down and flipped him Mm -hmm. and for somebody to be able to do that it's pretty cool i don't know i just i didn't feel one way or the other they're two adults that don't understand happens yeah you you know (laughs) one other thing that uh, about the whole situation is yeah uh he's a he's a ladies man but bruce is the ladies man well that man is not yeah and the thing is you know there there's an interpretation of this character that you know bruce is the mask and batman's the real person Mm -hmm. and he doesn't uh, except for you know a random catwoman or talyao ghoul Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't really let people behind Mm. the cow well i mean he he keeps it yeah he keeps the cowl on when he's bruce wayne and he's having all these 
you know, flings with socialites and everything. But at the same time, they can show up and Alfred sends them on their way because he has that stuff to do. But Batgirl's one person who I, I think Full in, in this version knows who he is. I think so, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, knows who he is. And uh, it sees behind that mask. And, you, you know, once he realizes he's let someone behind that mask, he's like, OK, we can't do this. Because I, I, I also feel like if, if he, he does that he or he feels if he does that, mm-hmm. then he will be less effective in his mission. Actually, you see that a bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the second... He is. She the, had to help him. Well, the second she calls him mm-hmm. and makes him confront everything that happened, he's so inattentive that Paris France blows up his uh, his Batmobile, you know? Yep. Like, uh, he gets the drop Butch on style. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, he straight Butch style. So the, the second Batman lets his guard down because of this Chick. real emotional thing happening, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's ineffective in his role as Batman. Which okay. is pretty interesting, but you know, overall, my one last statement on this. Sorry, I know it's a very long point. Uh, it's my last one, though. I, as much as this story didn't belong to the Killing Joke, uh, which is a story about Batman and the Joker, I thought it was nice that at least it added a little bit of motivation to Batman as he stares into the abyss and pushes it to the limit, as they say in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he becomes proactive concerning his Joker problem, it, it gives him just a little bit more in-story reason to push it a little harder than he normally does. So Good. that's all I have to say about it. I'm going to step off my soapbox. Right. Um, over in the chat room, Bobby says the scary thing. Oh, sorry. Lies. Rebecca says the scary thing about what Joker does to Babs in the killing joke is that it could be a real crime that happens to any of us. Absolutely. You answer oh, yeah. the door because somebody knocks. You're thinking it's UPS. Like, or she thought it was her friend, I think. She thought yeah. it was her friend. But I'm just saying like. You could just, you're answering your door, mm-hmm. standing there talking, and it's you know even more creepy that you're literally talking about the man on the other side of the door. Yeah, and as audience members, I feel like it should appall us. It should terrify us. That's it the sh- point. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point of it. And it, like we went back talking about the other stuff about all these random life changing things that happen to all of the characters in this story. Yeah. That's kind kind of a big theme in the entire story that these random things can happen. You can have one bad day, like Barbara did, like Thomas yeah. and Martha Wayne did, like uh, the comedian did. And and it can just completely screw up your whole life. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, maybe not screw it up so much if you end up becoming a super hacker. Super hacker. Speaking of the super hacker, 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 <laughs> um, the Oracle reveal. OK, so you can tell that there's no way that Barbara is going to give up on the crime fighting that she's been now a part of for years. Mm-hmm. Um a, because Batman basically told her to, or because B, she's paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> Neither of these things are stopping her. She's a tough B. Mm-hmm. So while she no longer has the physical ca- capacity to chase down the bad guys, because she could have just reinvented herself, put yeah. her hair up and make a new costume and be on with her life. Mm-hmm. But um, she is more than capable of doing the intellectual work towards the, the end. Now um, that she's been the direct victim of this violence, it increases her motivation to go this route. Like she was probably already, you know, building this closet, yeah. <laughs> this closet of computers, her own version of the Bat Cave. I don't know the Oracle Cave. Does it have a name? <laughs> um, her closet. Her closet. The Oracle Closet. Um, she just has that more motivation, just like Batman, because mm-hmm. something happened to him, his family, and even more so with her, like her poor dad. Um, I think mm-hmm. that even if she hadn't become paralyzed, she would have found a way to stay involved, whether it was as this version of the Oracle or something else. Mm-hmm. And she was already showing these skills because, like, she's like tra- checking out traffic cams. She's like, got him. Yeah. done so i thought well, that was pretty like i said uh, the character historically was a librarian which right. makes total sense to go this research route. research research but yeah you don't know very much about the oracle that's about all i got well, i got you told me mm-hmm. that's the oracle i was like okay i i did think oracle the oracle scene at the end was a little weird too just because like putting the whole big thing at the beginning putting that at the end it, it says to the audience, this is a story about Batgirl when it totally isn't. It, yeah, it definitely does. I, it, it's a story about Batman and the Joker fundamentally. But it, at the same time – They I, made it a story about Batgirl though. Mm-hmm. They made this be a movie about Batgirl and her family versus Batman and the Joker, which is yeah. what it's meant to be. Yeah, I, I, I know I, things. I, I, I will say though that uh, you, you know – 
if one super positive thing, even if you hate this story, came out of this story, mm-hmm. it's the 25, 26 years or so that the Barbara Gordon character spent as Oracle because it was some of the most compelling uh, uses of the character uh, ever. And I, I, I've tried to get back into it since – they they you know healed her paralysis and she oh did they she's back in the Batgirl costume running around know. and everything Good to know. and I tried to give because I used to love Batgirl I, I used, can see that I used to own Batgirl's origin comic where she fights Killer Moth from the sixties uh, but you know so so I loved Batgirl and I tried to get back into her comic and I was like this is just not as compelling as when she was Oracle hmm. and uh, but, so I, I I think you know even if you hate the story you got to give it some respect for bringing that into the mythos and growing Barbara's character out that way. Okay. Uh, Over in the chat room, Rebecca mm-hmm. says it could be argued that Oracle, when she exists, is the most powerful character in DC Comics. Nice. I'm intrigued. I, I wouldn't say the <laughs> them like, be fighting words with Bill though. <laughs> no, like I, I wouldn't say the most powerful because I mean, what it, I guess it depends on what kind of power you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like uh, she, she can definitely be the most effective, and she can, uh, she can. But the thing is, Oracle on her best of days. Nine times out of ten, she's still a hacker behind a computer where you can only do so much. But at the same time, she can work as sort of like – You can do a lot from behind a computer. Well, I was going to say she can work as sort of the hyper brain for all these people who can like get out there into the action, fight the Joker, things like that. She plants the seeds. Which is just as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Derby Kid says in the chat room, she controls all the information, Bill. Exactly. <laughs> and she probably said it exactly like she, that. She did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, okay, so uh, gesture. Okay, well, maybe my darkest arbitrary scale. It's yet. awful. I'm sorry. I can't control him. Okay, okay. Let's see here. Maybe I should back away from this. Maybe I should back away. No, from No, just this. do it and get it over with. Okay, the show's called The Killing Joke. Like Anne Marie, out of seven severed vertebra, mm. vertebrae, how many severed vertebrae do you give this episode? Four and a half. Four and a half. I well, really movie. Sorry, movie, not an episode. Um. It shouldn't have had to have you explain so much to me. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like two separate shows. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like I was binge watching Batman the Animated Series, <laughs> I guess. Um, it was that. It wasn't – it yeah. didn't feel like one cohesive movie. Yeah, that's the thing is it, the, the another problem with them tacking this Batgirl stuff on is at its heart, it's a very simple, straightforward story. Uh, so much so that uh, it really only took up about – what, 40, 45 minutes of screen time? And it should be. Uh, but because you throw in all this Batgirl stuff, it it just makes it... <laughs> well, there's not... Bobby in the chat room says such a small number of... There's vertebra. only that many yeah, vertebrae. Th- there's not very many. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's a. It, it just confuses it for people who aren't familiar with the story. You know, so so because you, you're thinking, oh, the story's about Batgirl, but it's not. They and, they made it her though. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Okay, as for me, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it uh, five severed vertebrae and a. Uh, 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 uh. See, see, I usually do some sort of something. There's from- 33 vertebrae. Okay. Um, it, 33 vertebrae? Yeah. Yeah, but like she only got hit in the stomach, so <sighs> it probably only cervical. hit like. Mm. Yeah, so it probably only hit a few. Yeah, um, she okay. Had the but I, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it five severed vertebrae. Uh, five point five, maybe. Five point five. If you can do a point five vertebrae, uh, just because I thought it was a really strong adaptation of the mm-hmm. story, um, of the story as a whole. I thought that the Batgirl stuff detracted from it, although I did kind of like it as its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like if they redid a animated or an adult oriented Batman the animated series, based like with that kind of flavor to it mm-hmm. i'd be there every week yeah for sure but uh, i i do think though the piece as a whole suffered and i had some issues with the animation too like uh that scene in the bar with the joker and the criminals like his hands look all weird like they're all like i uh, you know so yeah i thought there were a few problems with the animation too but over a lot of it uh kind of uh reminded me of batman the animated series yeah uh, for sure, like some well, of the Well, I mean, it definitely stuff. felt like it had like three different animation styles. Mm-hmm. So that was a little 
Yeah. Maybe yeah. that added to my jarring problem. <laughs> Could, be. Could be. Could be. And Bobby in the chat room gives it five vertebrae and a chunk. But you know what? We're going to hear more about what Bobby thinks because we're going to play a voicemail from him. If you want to send us a voicemail about Suicide Squad or respond to our criticism about The Killing Joke, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. You can send us an email or an MP3. Uh, or you can hit us a voicemail, 424-274-2352. Or you can, you can even leave us a Facebook thing over at facebook.com. Slash groups, slash legends of Gotham. But we're going to find out what Bobby thought about it right now. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, guys, it's Bobby. Hey, right, So I just got done watching and reading The Killing Joke because after watching it, I felt like it's been such a long time since I read The Killing Joke. So let me go back and, and you know, refresh myself. And I was very surprised. I thought there was more in the book between Barbara and Bruce, but there's very little, honestly. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot, in, a, a, a bit that's implied there. But like nothing like they show in the movie, <laughs> no. and actually, I think that's a, that was a rather welcome addition. I mean, not only did it obviously pad the <laughs> the film for time, yeah, because without that, it would be like forty minutes or something. But I it didn't just pad for time; it actually like lent more to the story and gave us more of an emotional impact when what happened to Barbara did happen to Barbara and how Bruce reacted and everything around that. So I thought they did well there. Another thing I want to mention is the art style. The art style was, uh, it wasn't <laughs> quite, it wasn't lifted from the page at all. It no. wasn't lifted from the page. Um, there few, were obviously I, some scenes that were lifted from the page, but it's- yeah, like a few shots look pretty close to the comic. Like when the Joker gets turned into the Joker and he turns uh, around. Like- yeah. That's straight out of the comic. But yeah, yeah, agreed. As far as the art style itself, I'm not going to say it was directly from the animated series, but it definitely felt like almost a weird like meld between the two, between the art of the book itself and the animated series. And I found it rather fitting because... Uh, I don't even know percentages, but I mean, the Joker played a huge part in the animated series, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Um, mm-hmm. And so this and over over the years, people have looked at the Killing Joke, you know, being a one shot and being almost like this like final story between uh, Joker and Batman. And I really, you know, like bringing in Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and Tara Strong and using a similar art style really makes it feel like there's more history to all of this and and makes you feel like there's history between the characters and where this would all lead. And so I thought that that, again, lent a lot to the story itself. Um, hmm, there was something else I was going to mention. Um, oh, the origin... Uh, it really felt like they just hammered home that, like, okay, this is the origin. Now, I know there was the line where the Joker says that I prefer it to be multiple choice, but I really do feel like they didn't show it as multiple choice and, and it's not that way in the book either yeah i think the book is even alan moore shit saying this is the origin um and the multiple choice thing was almost thrown in to just be you know to quell people who would say like oh i don't want there to be an origin but let's face it i mean and as far as origins go i don't think this is a bad one um yeah i'll just say that i believe the the Joker doesn't have a definitive origin. That all started because of this comic book. Mm. Like before it was just like, oh, yeah, he was this. He's a Joker. The schmuck who fell into a vat of acid or whatever. But okay. I thought it's really well thought out. And apparently uh, from what I've read, the Red Hood character origin type thing almost has connections back to like 1951 stories. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> cool that he would go back that far to try to connect yeah. everything. Um I just, I really liked everything about this right up to the end. For some reason, it worked well in the comic books, but for the the whole last scene of them joking in the rain and everything like that, or laughing in the rain, mm-hmm. it just didn't play right for me on screen for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. It just didn't, it just felt off. Um you know, over the years, people, you know, people have wondered, you know, is this ambiguous? Did he kill Joker? Because, like, the, you know, in the book, or even in the movie, it just fades to one laugh, mm-hmm. not two laughs. And um, I choose to think he didn't. Some people think he did. I don't know. Me. Um, you know, and in the movie, you don't, even in the comic, you don't see, like, any, like, neck snaps uh onomatopoeia type thing or anything but mm. anyway now i'm rambling um I, overall <laughs> i just thought this was really great um really great ad- adaptation and uh scale i'm gonna say out of 1342 smiling fish i'm gonna give it smiling. um 
1,247. Oh, and, and to, I guess, like, I didn't really mention it all that much, but of course, over the years, it's been a, a somewhat provocative story, um, particular between, uh, Barbara and the Joker. And they didn't shy away from that, and kudos to that, and I think they handled it rather well. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thanks, and uh, over in the chat room, uh, Derby Kid says, why else would it be called the killing joke? Very good point. Extremely good point. Very that good was my point. question in my head. I was <laughs> like, but nobody died. <laughs> yes. I guess they did. Some Paris France died. Paris France died. The most important character of all Paris France. Uh, but I uh, thank you very much, Bobby. As we mentioned before, you can come see Bobby and us. And us. Live. It's nice. Tampa Bay Comic Con. Oh, that was that was nice. That was uh, a good transition. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, Sunday, August seventh, uh, at the Tampa Bay Comic Con, uh, room twelve at eleven thirty a.m. We hope to see you there. And if you're there, yes, definitely, you know, I, I mean, be there for the panel. We're, we'll ask you some trivia questions. Totes. But feel free to like come catch us right after we get done. We'd love to meet some of you. Love to talk to some of you. I know. I feel like we've met less of our Gotham people than we did of our old greetings from Storybrooke people. Yeah, yeah. So we'd like be, to meet. It'd you. be great to meet some Gotham people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you, if you're there, please come because we're I, a little I mean, nervous. We will we will do a show to an empty room. We will, but we'd rather not. We're, we're actors. We, we know no, what we're doing. Yeah, but we, uh, although I, I do think trivia stand, could be interesting, though. We do stand a good chance, I think, just because we're the only, I think we're the only Gotham panel at the entire convention. So if there's Gotham fans there, they're going to be at our panel. Hopefully. One would hope. One would hope. One would hope. But yeah, that's Tampa Bay Comic Con, Sunday, August 7th, 11.30 a.m., room 12. Hope to see you there. We'll be back next week to talk Suicide Squad. And it'll be a good time to be had. Yes, uh, it will. Uh, let's see. Uh, it, uh, Derby Kid says in the chat room, a day before someone, a certain someone's birthday. Is that Would that be the Derby Kid? Possibly. I possibly. think it might be. While we wait for an answer, Amory, where can people find you online? Hi, you can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone or check out my blog, blog not my blog, <laughs> uh, CrunchyCrafty.com. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the stuff we do at UniverseBox.com. And I highly recommend you go to and join our group. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash Legends of Gotham. True that. A lot of activity going on I know. over there. It's Lots so much talking. busier than over it. She's like, my. Yes, it is Derby Kid's birthday the day after. So uh, well, everyone wish her a happy birthday on totally. Twitter at Derby Kid. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get out of here. So uh, join us next time for more Legends, Legends of Gotham. Gotham. One bad day. Sanity Claus. The joke's on you, Batman. <laughs>